Good morning. I want to uh, thank you. Yeah, there we go. Good morning. Much better. Marcia, you're the best. I love you. Awesome. This morning, we are going to continue our series uh, called Rhythms, and uh, we're going to be talking about rest. And before we jump in to that, what I'd like to do is I want to invite you into uh, something that some of us as uh, the guys that are going through Fight Club, which is a discipleship program, uh, we're working on memorizing uh, scriptures every week. And our verse for this week is really amazing. I'm not expecting you to memorize it, but I want it to be our opening prayer. And so if you wouldn't mind uh, closing your eyes and just put your hands out like, like Lord, I, like you're going to receive something. Put your hands out. And I want you to pray this psalm with me. It's Psalm 119, verses 33 and 34, and it's out of the message. And, and I'll lead it, and then as I lead it, repeat after me. You ready? God, teach me lessons for living so that I can stay the course. Give me insight so I can do what you tell me. My whole life, one long, obedient response. Amen. I know it kind of feels disjointed because you don't know it all, but it's, it's God teach me lessons for living so that I can stay the course. So that I Give me insight so that I can do what you're telling me, what you're telling me to do. My whole life, I love that last part of the verse. My whole life, one long, obedient response. Today we're going to be talking about rest. Last week we talked about work, and today we're going to talk about rest. And rest as a gift from God. That it's not, rest isn't something that we get after we've accomplished all of our stuff. It's, it's a gift that God has literally programmed in to the, the cycle of life. And if you, if you're here this morning and you don't know how to rest, you are missing out on God's plan for your life, literally. If you are running like 24-7 all the time, like a chicken with your head cut off, and you don't feel like you can ever catch a break, you're doing it wrong. And I want to unpack what it can look like and what it should look like and what God wants for us. Are you with me? Anybody here you feel like you're that chicken with your head cut off and you just run and run and run and run? Anybody here like that? Yeah. Sometimes. 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 So I want to take a look at, uh, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 23 through 28. He says this, this is uh, a discussion about the Sabbath. This is Jesus, and he deals with some Pharisees. And so it says in verse 23, one Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, Why are they breaking the law? 
by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. No fair. You're not allowed to work on the Sabbath. You're breaking the rules. Right? Have you ever met people that they are so much more focused on other people breaking the rules than they are on themselves actually getting something right? Ever met someone like that? That they want to point out all of your faults and all the ways you blew it when they themselves are probably the greatest uh, violator of, of those rules? They're breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. How, how much work was it for them to snap off a head of grain off of a blade of grass and crunch on it? Is that a lot of effort? Do you think they were breaking a sweat as they're walking through a grain field? Which they're allowed to do. You're allowed to walk through a grain field. But literally the act of breaking a piece of grain off and munching on it on their hike was mind-blowing to the Pharisees. Their heads exploded. What does Jesus say? Jesus said to them, haven't you ever read in the Scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went. So David did way worse than what we just did. He says David uh, went into the house of God when Abiathar, Abiathar was the high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. So David literally went into the tabernacle of God where the ark was, where the, where the, the lampstand was, where all the uh, implements for worshiping God, one of the things that they would have to do is the priests would bake these loaves of bread and they would keep them on a table in front of the candle. right? So you have the Holy of Holies that no one goes in except for the high priest once a year. And in there is the Ark of the Covenant. right? We've all seen Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That was what's inside. The presence of God was in there. You don't go in there. Outside of that, in the holy place, there are these tables and there is this this beautiful uh, candelabra um, that is lit up with 12 branches with oil and that it's never allowed to go out. It always has to be lit. And in front of it is a table with bread on it. And it's symbolic. Like when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, he was pointing back to this bread that was always in the tabernacle. It had to be made fresh every day. And it was only for the priests to eat. And David comes through and he's hungry because they didn't prepare for enough food for their for their escape from Saul. And so they, they're like, hey, you know what? There's bread in there. And so he goes in, he takes the bread, he feeds his hiking companions. They broke the law. You can turn the reverb off on me, Bruce. I feel like I'm preaching in a cave. Um, he broke the law. Whoa, 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 whoa. Then verse 27 This is the powerful thing. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man, referring to Himself, Jesus, is Lord even over the Sabbath. When we have a proper understanding of what rest is, I think think sometimes we have a a wrong understanding understanding and it it affects the way that we live and the way that we we behave 
when we have a proper view of rest, we're going to stop associating rest with being unproductive. Because I think there's a lie there that we've said, if, I'm, if I have enough time to take a rest, if I have enough time to take a break, then I'm obviously lazy and that I'm not doing enough. Um, you know, and, and it's hard, right? I get it. Right? We work our jobs and, and uh, for many days a week that, that you work those jobs. And then on top of that, you've got to do whatever things that need to be done in your home, around your house. And, and then you're trying to do things with and and you're just you feel like there just just isn't enough time in the day. I don't know. I just am I cutting in and out. The whole system feels like we're cutting in and out all all morning. Um, wouldn't it be great if there was like a pill that you could take and it would just instantly give you a Sabbath? Wouldn't that be awesome? That'd be great. I, you're right. There's an amazing product. It's called Insta Sabbath. Check it out. I'm so overloaded. I just can't keep up. I know. I'm so overwhelmed with life. I just wish there was something that would slow it all down. Is this you? Do you feel overwhelmed by life? Wish you could take a break? Well, if so, Insta-Sabbath is the product for you. That's right. In just seconds, you'll be well on your way to experiencing that peaceful rest you've longed for. Wow! Thank you! And thank you, Insta-Sabbath! Out like a light. Insta-Sabbath to the rescue. You wanted peace and quiet? You got it. There's no way I can make this deadline. There's not enough time. Ever been in this kind of a jam? Sounds like a time for Insta-Sabbath. Will this make time slow down? Way down, my friend. It's just what I need. Better than narcolepsy. Insta-Sabbath comes in both 4-hour and 8-hour doses, depending on what you need. I'm so overwhelmed. Life getting away from you? Yeah, I just don't have enough hours in my day. With new 4- and 8-hour Insta-Sabbath, you have more time than you know what to do with. What is this? You won't get more hours in a day, but it'll sure feel like it. Wait, I lose 8 hours of my day, and then my life will be more difficult when I wake up. Perhaps, but for those 8 hours, life will be grand. Yeah, that just doesn't even make sense. Neither does running yourself ragged, but you do that. Fine, I'll give it a shot. I just don't know how it's going to help. Like a coma. Remember, if you need to get away from life, try Insta-Sabbath. Insta-Sabbath may cause joint pain, nausea, headache, or shortness of breath. You may also experience muscle aches, rapid heartbeat, and ringing in the ears. If you feel faint, call your doctor. Do not consume alcohol while taking Insta-Sabbath. Likewise, avoid red meat, shellfish, and vegetables. Okay foods. Flounder. Under no circumstances, eat yak. Projectile vomiting is common in 30% of users. Sorry, make that 50%. If you undergo disorienting nausea accompanied by migraine and raspy breathing, double the dosage. Leg cramps are to be expected. One knee buckler per day is normal. Bowel movements may become more frequent. In fact, every 10 minutes. If bowel movements become greater than 12 per hour, consult your doctor or any doctor or just anyone who will speak to you. You may find yourself becoming lost or vague. This would be a good time to write a screenplay. May induce a tendency to compulsively repeat the phrase, no can do, no can do, no can do, no can do. This drug may shorten your intestines by 21 feet. Has been known to cause birth defects in the user retroactively. Flotation devices at sea will become pointless, as user of this drug will develop a stone-like body density. Therefore, if thrown overboard, contact your doctor. Thank you! Insta-Sabbath. Instant rest in a bottle. Now in both grape and raspberry melon flavors. Right? Insta-Sabbath. Sounds like a great idea. 
Eight hours, boom, you're out. But So where does this whole idea of Sabbath come from, and, and why is it important? It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, and uh, verses 2 and 3, all the way back at the beginning. We're back at the beginning of the book again. It says, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested, or he ceased from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Did God need a break? No. Was God tired? No. God was setting an example for us that we would say, okay, if it's good enough for God, it should be good enough for us. And he was setting up a template, a rhythm, a way to live our lives that we give, so he gives us seven days to get through our week. And in those seven days, we've got six days to get stuff done. And on the seventh day, you rest. Now, I don't care what that day is. Some people, it's like, it's got to be on Saturday because that's the day that Jesus had his Sabbath. And we know we're in the New Testament now. We're under the new covenant. And so the first day of the week, that's the day that you take your Sabbath. Right? It doesn't matter. We have seven days to get our lives done. Six days to do work. One day we set aside to say, God, this day is yours. Tom, can you turn the lights on? Because I don't know if it's me that's so boring, but like I'm looking at all over. And I know we're talking about rest, but that doesn't mean sleep through my message. All right? Hang with me. Hang with me. Exodus chapter 20, it says, Remember to observe the Sabbath by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord. Rest is something that God intends for us to experience on a weekly basis. It's not a let's let's run like crazy all year long and then dream for that one week that we get to go to the cottage and we're going to work seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and then we'll hopefully we'll survive long enough that we can make it to the cottage. That's not the rhythm that God wants. God's rhythm for us is a weekly rhythm that we put in six days doing all the things that we need to do, and on the seventh day we rest. Now, that resting day doesn't mean you lay in a hammock and you do absolutely nothing while your house falls apart and your kids run wild in the streets. That's not what I know. I know. It'd be great, right? Lay in a hammock all day and, and let someone else worry about the kids. What I'm talking about is, is you know, because our culture thinks that if you are resting, you're lazy. You obviously have more time on your hands than you know what to do with. And so let's give you another job or let's pack another thing into the calendar. But the Bible challenges this view and it says that the Sabbath is holy. It is set apart. It is, it is designed for us to catch a breath and get a break and to enjoy life. That life isn't something to be endured. It's not a marathon that we hope we make it to the end. That life is something that we're supposed to enjoy and experience the fullness of God's blessing. But if you're running every single day, all day, every day, you will never experience that. 
You've got to stop and take, and, and, and however that looks, um, God's desire for you to take a rest. And that, that, that rest allows us to rejuvenate. It allows us to recharge. It allows us to, to hear him speak to us. It's not being unproductive, and it's not being lazy. Um, I want to show you a, a clip um, from the Karate Kid. Now, it's not the good Karate Kid. It's the new Karate Kid. Uh, the good Karate Kid um, is, is amazing. But there's a great illustration in this. And just be forewarned, um, uh, the, the kid who plays the character in the Karate Kid, he has a potty mouth. And so he's going to say a bad word. Let's not hang, get hung up on the bad word and listen to what the lesson of uh, Mr. Mr. Han is trying to teach us. Put the lights down. Anticipation. I can't see Don't see it. Feel it. Feel it, Mr. Han. I felt that one. Mr. Han. What? not training tomorrow. Why not? Wu Ji Bi Fan. Means too much something is not good. You train a lot, you need rest. A day off? Yes, Mr. Han. Yes. Zhao Dre needs to rest. Yes, Mr. You rest too. Love you, Mr. Han. Peace. Mr. Han says, which means too much of something is not good for you. We need to rest. Uh, Dre, that days and days of hard training, and he's, he's doing everything that he can to prepare him, right? He's working, he's exercising, he's doing all of these things to get ready for the battle that's coming. And, and he's just like, he gets into this pattern of, okay, uh, let's train. And let's train, and let's train, and let's train, and let's just keep going, and let's just keep going. And he gets it in his head that if I will just keep going and going and going and going, then I'll be prepared. And Mr. Hunt says, you've got to stop. Every so often, you've got to stop and take a break. Um, an entire day off of rest, because too much of something isn't always good. We, when you stop and you take 
a moment to rest for you as an individual or for as, as a family. When you do that, that is not just a good decision. That is a wise decision. That is a decision that honors God with your time. You know, when we think about that, again, I, I said this earlier, we have this idea that rest equals laziness. That if I've got enough time to rest, then I must not be doing enough. And it's a lie. It's a lie. I want to encourage you, and I know I get it. There's, there's not enough money in the bank account, and there's not enough time in the day to get all the projects done. And you, you, we feel like we can't afford to take a break because if we do, we're, it's the, the, all of the weight of all the things that we have got going on are going to steamroller us into the ground. I want you to hear this this morning. When you, when you have that thought of, I can't afford to stop, I can't afford to take a break, I want you to hear God say to you, you can't afford not to take a break. Catch that? You can't afford not to take a break. It's His design for us. It's His best for you to get a break. And it's not a McDonald's, you deserve a break today that, I, that I'm talking about. Um, we, we need to have balance in our lives. And, and again, the, the, when I'm talking about rest, rest is not necessarily not doing something. Rest is what is it that you do um, that recharges you, that, that you enjoy, that rejuvenates you, that when you've done that thing, when you've participated in whatever that is, and it's not work and it's not chores, uh, well, maybe, I don't know. I know some people are bizarre and they, like, they enjoy mowing the lawn. Um, I, I can't fathom that one. I don't, um, but there's something therapeutic for, pe- for certain people uh, with mental illness that, um, <laughs> that enjoy, mo- I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, that, that enjoy mowing the lawn because it's, it's, it's uninterrupted time, right? Where they're, and, and that, that's awesome. I'll tell you this. I, I was, uh, this past weekend, I was at Camp Hickory Hill for a men's retreat uh, with Jay. And, um, and uh, guys, I want to I apologize to you. Uh, we did a lousy job announcing the men's retreat and promoting the men's retreat. It was in the bulletin. It was on the calendar. But we really didn't talk about it. And I'm, I'm sorry um, because this weekend was amazing. Um, and I'm, I'm sad it was just Jay and I that, that were able to go. Because um, it was it was life changing um, for me. Um, anyways, I was thinking as I was doing the overheads for worship and all of the speakers and getting there early with Jay so that we could set up tables and chairs uh, for you know seventy eighty guys and then uh, being asked to serve breakfast for all of those guys working the line, putting together the breakfast sandwiches and uh, being asked to go all the way to the other end of property to go get golf carts, to bring the golf carts back so that we could use the golf carts, to then being asked to be in charge of the zip line and uh, be the, the guy at the end that catches people 
um, when they come down off of the zip line. And oh, by the way, while you're there in charge of catching people at the end of the zip line, you're also in charge of the pond. Uh, so make sure that anybody who takes one of the boats or the kayaks out that they wear a life vest. Uh, and it, and only, and there's uh, there's worms in the fridge. Grab the worms and go to the vault and get the fishing gear and bring that down to the pond too. And, and then come back up and make sure that you're there in time so that you can get Luke's email because he just emailed it to Sam so that we can load the songs into the computer five minutes before the speaker's ready to go uh, and get all of these things, right? You would think that that would be like draining, right? And for some people, it would just, you would come out of the end of that weekend wiped, destroyed. But I was at camp and I was serving the Lord, and I was serving my friends, uh, Sam and Scott, who are the, the leaders of Christian Service Brigade and Camp Hickory Hill. And it was like there wasn't enough to do. That it was just like I, I was busy running around, and at the same time, it was like I was doing what God made me to do. The, the main speaker came up to me, as, actually, as he was coming through the breakfast line, and I was making his breakfast sandwich. He's like, weren't you just running the computer? And weren't you just over there at the table talking about Christian service brigade? And now you're here serving breakfast? He goes, are there any jobs here at camp that you don't do? I'm like, no, hand me a plunger, whatever needs to be done, right? Um, and as I, I remember as I was walking up the hill, from the pond and the zip line up to my, whatever the next thing was that I had to do, I was thinking, I'm not tired. I am, I am having the time of my life serving because I was doing what I loved to do. I was creating, helping to create an environment that men could encounter God. And, and I was at camp. I'm like, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Like it was, it was amazing. So when I say your whatever your day of rest was, so I, so literally I, I took my day uh, that's normally a day of rest and preparation to do things here, and I was serving at camp Friday night uh, and Saturday, and that rejuvenated me. Like I was when we were done at the end. I mean, it was a, it was a, uh, a, a slow not a slow drive home, but that that last twenty minutes in the car where you're doing your best to not fall asleep and swerve off of the road. Um, but it was, it was amazing to be doing what God made me to do as an act of worship and to come out of that rested and rejuvenated. So again, when I say rest, if, if you love gardening, if you love hanging drywall, if you love what, whatever, whatever that is, if it recharges you, if it rejuvenates you, if you need to go take a walk or a hike or something, but that the Bible lays out a pattern for us. Six days to get your work done. The seventh day is his. And it's not his just because he wants to punish you from not being able to get your work done, but it's so that he can bless you so that he can recharge you, that he can renew you. Now, you can choose to just run, right? And run and run and run and run, and God will let you. Now, I, I, we've said this before, um, that 
there are the, the Ten Commandments, right? And we're totally okay. Uh, well, maybe we're not. Uh, not everyone is totally okay with uh, thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain, that there's only one God and that you, he is the only one to be worshipped, um, that uh, you should honor your mother and father, right? That's a commandment. Um, sometimes we're not so great at that one, right? Uh, there, are, there are some of the ten that we're like, they're totally non-negotiable, right? What's a non-negotiable ten commandment? Thou shalt not kill, right? Now that's under the law, and we're under grace, but does thou shalt not kill still apply? Yeah, absolutely. Officer Pascarella, does it still apply? Yes. Uh, thank you. If, whew, confirmation. Yes, you still cannot kill. Not okay. Um, you shouldn't lie. You shouldn't cheat on your spouse. Right? That's still there too. You should honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. It's, it's almost like we have the nine commandments and the one suggestion. That he's like, well, you know, keep the Sabbath if, if you can. You know, if, 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 you're, if you're able to squeeze it in, keep the Sabbath. I love the, when we read the Exodus story and how God brings the people of Israel out of slavery, out of the never-ending, imagine going to work tomorrow and you don't stop going to work every single day for 400 years. That was slavery in Egypt for the people of Israel. That the whatever day it was that the king turned over the people of Israel to the slave uh, masters and said, you now have to make bricks every single day for 12 hours a day for 400 years. And then they get r- rescued. They get uh, redeemed. They get, sa- they get saved. They are saved out of slavery. And God says, this is how I want you to live now. You get, you understand, working a 100 days a week and, and 37 hours in a day running like crazy. You know what that looks like. And so the new way that I want you to live is you've got six days to get it done and one day that you're going to give to me and honor me. In that story, they get into the desert and there's no food. And what happens? What happens? They complain. They're like, where's the food, right? At least when we were slaves, there was, we had something to eat, right? It was terrible. Um, it, it was, it was, you know, it wasn't like we got to eat wonderfully, but at least we had food and now we're going to starve. And he says, okay, I got this. Because God always, provides and and that's where we that's where we forget that he does because we think we've we've accepted the lie that if i'm not working like crazy all the time that we're not going to have enough i want you to catch this this is important there's not ever going to be enough there's not going to be enough time you're never going to have enough money So if you're waiting for this elusive enough, the only time you're going to have enough is when we get to heaven. So you can't earn enough money to be...
kids, you will never be able to afford kids. Kids are outrageously expensive. I used to joke when Terry and I were engaged and when we were dating, and I would say, who needs kids when you can have a boat? I mean, imagine. And, and it was kind of, right? I mean, like an awesome, awesome boat. And, and then I, when we started thinking, I, I heard someone talk about how much it cost to raise a kid from zero to 18 and then go. And it was like this ridiculous number, like a, like $190,000 that gets spent, uh, on, on kids. It's like this crazy number. Right? Will you ever have enough money? No. So I was thinking, if we don't have four kids, could you imagine the boat that I could have for like half a million dollars? It wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same. I wouldn't have this hairy monkey over here. I wouldn't have this amazingly gifted musician and this talented artist uh, and engineer and this beautiful, loving, caring uh, future nurse who make our lives amazing. Uh, yeah. Better than a boat. Better than a boat. Um, but here's the thing. Let me back up uh, to, where, to where we were. They didn't have anything to eat. We're starving. We're going to die. You're, you're not going to give us enough. You haven't provided enough for us. And God's like, really? I, we literally saved you from slavery, set you free, and I'm leading you personally Every single day by a pillar of fire during the, uh, during the, the night and a pillar of smoke by the day. And I'm literally showing you where to go and what to do and speaking to you. Uh, literally, you can hear God speak. And we're still not enough. And so he says, okay, there's no food. I get it. Here's, how, here's what's going to happen. Tomorrow morning when you get up, you're going to go outside. There's going to be bread on the ground. You didn't do anything to earn it. You didn't grow the wheat. You didn't harvest the wheat. You didn't grind the wheat. You didn't bake the wheat. For those of you that are gluten-free, it's, it's gluten-free wheat. You didn't do anything to earn it or deserve it, but I'm going to give you bread every single day. You just have to walk outside your tent and pick it up off the ground. And on top of that, the Bible says that that bread, the manna, from heaven that literally fell out of the sky somehow, it was sweet, almost like it had a, a bit of a honey taste to it. This literal bread that came out of nowhere that appeared on the ground. And it wasn't just that this manna appeared in one place. Like it, You have to be camped in this area because I have elves hidden in the rocks and they're going to come out and drop this bread around your tents. If you move anywhere else, there's no manna. No. For for years and years and years, everywhere they moved, there was manna. Forty years. Everywhere they moved, all over the Middle East, every day when they stepped outside of their tent, this stuff was on the ground. Now, I, for me, personally, um, I, I love that. I'm thrilled with that. Right? The idea of, uh, I've heard comedians talk about, really, manna? Again, right? Wait, we, didn't we have manna yesterday? Oh, yeah, we had manna. How many, did we have manna last week? Yeah, yeah, we had manna last week. How about last, did we have manna last month? Haven't we been eating manna for 39 years? 
for me, I'm just like, bring it. Right? In, in the morning, my, my, I'm like, I get up and I go to the cupboard and I get my oatmeal and I get my cranberries and I get my raisins and not my raisins, my cranberries and my walnuts and my, um, my vanilla almond milk. And I make my oatmeal every single day. So the idea of manna every day, I'm totally down with. Um, but for some people, it's like, really? We're going to have this again? Can we fry it? Can we, can we put like, can, can we put bacon on it? No, we can't put bacon on it. Right? We talked about that before. Uh, they can't put bacon. We could put bacon on it, but they couldn't put bacon on it. Monday, there's manna. Tuesday, there's manna. Wednesday, there's manna. Friday, is there manna? There's manna, absolutely. But something special happens. God says, look, you've been, you were working, packing up the tabernacle. You're setting up and you're tearing down because I moved the cloud and now we have to move church somewhere else. And, and I get it, you're tired. I get it that we've been marching and marching and marching. But Saturday is the day we're going to stop and catch a breath. And there's going to be no marching on Saturday. There's going to be no setup and tear down on Saturday. It's just going to be a day where you and I can be together. Even so much so that he said, look, if you go outside uh, tomorrow, there's not going to be any bread on the ground. So you're allowed to get two days worth of bread on Friday. Now, what's interesting is that all the other days, if you gathered the, the manna on Monday and you didn't eat it all, but you're like, you know what, we'll put it in the cupboard. We'll save it for tomorrow so that there'll be, you know, there'll be enough. There'll be more on Tuesday, right? We get a bonus meal on Tuesday. Tuesday morning, you go outside, you pick up Tuesday's manna, you bring it inside, you open up the cupboard, and yesterday's manna, maggots, flies, ruined, spoiled. Why? Anybody know why? Because he wants us to trust him day by day by day, you can't live on yesterday's manna. Yesterday's manna is no good. What he wants for you is to enjoy and, and expect and, and to, to uh, live daily trusting him that he's going to take care of your needs. But then on Friday, you were allowed like two days worth of manna because on Saturday, it was the day to take a break. And miraculously, Friday's manna never spoiled. So that on Saturday when they got up, the stuff they collected from the day before was enough for Friday and enough for Saturday. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. Because he wants, to, he wants us to learn the lesson that when you rest, when you take a day off, when you take a day to say, God, it's just you and me, He's going to provide. It's a trust issue. It's a trust issue that we think God's not going to come through for us. When we balance work and rest and worship, we have a proper outlook on all three, then we will, we will really, truly be living the life that God intended. Now what we want is that what you want? To experience Him. There's a, there should be a rhythm between work and leisure in our lives so that we can enjoy periods 
of refreshment, renewal, restoration, and relationships. Leviticus chapter 16, verses 29 to 31 says, On the tenth day of the appointed month in early autumn, you must deny yourself, you must fast, you must rest. And it goes on to talk about everyone has to do it. No one is exempt from this. Whether you're a native-born Israelite or you're a foreigner, everybody gets a break. It's a permanent law for you, verse 29 says. It's an expression. Rest is not so much the absence of activity as it is the presence of God. That when we, when we invite God in to say, God, this is the day I'm going to set aside. It's just you and me. Whether there's activity involved in that, if it's an activity that rejuvenates you and renews you, that's totally okay. If, if it's a, you've got to take a day to, to get chores done, I, I get it, right? Things have to get done. My challenge is, are you resting? Are you making rest a priority? Exodus 33, verse 14, it says, The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Matthew 18, verses 28, 29, and 30. And then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. I, I found this, this graphic. I've, I posted it a while ago on my Facebook page. Uh, I just want to share it with you real quick. You got it, Bruce? Not the video, the before the video. Video's coming. There we go. Look at what this says. It says, Jesus slept during a storm. Daniel slept in the lion's den. Peter slept in prison. Elijah slept while running away from his executioners. No matter the circumstances, you should take a nap. The Bible says so. It doesn't matter what's going on, right? You, you can, there can be all kinds of things going on. We're not exempt from rest, regardless of how busy life is. And again, it doesn't mean we're in, in, endorsing laziness. Do the things that you need to do in the six days he's given us to do them. And on the seventh day, we rest. Mark chapter 6, verse 31 Jesus said, let us go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that the disciples, that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. I shared this uh, a few weeks ago at the Iron Sharpens Iron. Sabbath is not something that you have to do. It's something that we get to do. It's a gift for us. I want to encourage you to, to take this week and, and maybe you need to change some things. Maybe you need to sit down with your calendar this afternoon and look at what needs to be done this week so that on, on Saturday or Sunday of next week, you can literally take a day off and just say, God, 
It's just you and me. It's you and me and my family. We're going to take a day and rest. Does that make sense? Anybody work out, exercise? Maybe not as much as we should. Yeah, the guys in Fight Club, we're doing our exercises, our push-ups and our sit-ups and going to the gym. Um, Can you do that every single day? Well, you can. And I'm saying the workout part. Are you, if, if you are working out hard every single day, what happens to your body? It breaks it down. Because you need what? In between your workouts. You need a rest. You need a day where you give your muscles a break. And, and so, so what some guys do is they cheat, right? And so they'll do leg day and then they'll do chest day and then they'll do arm day. And so they're working out every day. But, it, but this concept still applies. Because they're giving that area a rest. Like you're not doing a total body workout every day. If you do that every day, you'll destroy your joints and you'll tear muscles and you'll cause all kinds of issues. That even when we talk about physical exercise, you've got to give your body a rest. There's a a scientific article uh, on NBC News called Why Science Says You Should Take More Rest Days. Uh, Lauren uh, Badowski, she said that Many times we work out and we exercise, we don't benefit because we don't give our bodies time to recover from the inflammatory response. We need active recovery days full of stretching instead of weightlifting. Those, those days of rest are similar to taking a Sabbath from working while still leaving room to hang out and to run errands. This morning, I want to challenge you. If you are not resting, if you're not taking a day to say, God, it's just you and me. We're going to take a break. I would, I would say that you're missing out on God's best for your life. You're missing out. As we close, uh, we're going to dim the lights. If you need to take a nap for the next five to ten minutes, if that's restful for you, do that. Um, but we're going to play a song called Rest in You. And as the song is playing, I want you to kind of maybe ask yourself this question. Jesus, when's the last time you and I took a break? When was the last time that I was able to really rest and come away renewed? And uh, as this song plays, uh, let it speak to your heart. And and when it's done, uh, we'll pray and we'll dismiss.
Father, forgive us. Forgive us for taking the command to rest for granted and treating it like a suggestion. 
Lord, I pray that You would change our thoughts towards rest. That this week, we would say, God, where, where can I find Your rest? Lord, I pray that You would help us to no longer use our busyness as a badge of courage. Look how busy I am. Look at how many things I'm doing. Look at how much stuff I've got on my plate. Lord, forgive us. Let us never look at that as a badge of honor. Rather than, let's say, Lord, look at, look at the amount that You've allowed me to accomplish this week and look at the rest that You've blessed me with as a person, as a mom, as a dad, as a student, as an employee, as a husband, as a wife. Lord, that we would be people that live in Your rhythm of work and rest and worship. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Blessings. I pray that you have an amazing week. Encourage you. Take your calendars out this afternoon and figure out where you're going to take your day of rest this week. And uh, love to hear uh, how God does that uh, and answers that for you. And uh, just curious to see uh, if it makes a difference in the way your week goes. All right? Blessings. Have a great day. Thanks. It is an egg Sunday. Thank you for that reminder, Bruce.